Hey there, Vitamizers. Welcome back to the How Do You Health podcast brought to you by MSW Nutrition here in Austin, Texas. My name is Allison and your co-host for the show, as always, are Nurse Doza and Baldo at Tex-Mex Yogi. Um, We're very excited about today's guest, but before I can introduce him... This podcast is brought to you by MSW Nutrition. MSW Nutrition is a supplement line designed to help support your body in as many ways as possible, starting with the liver. By helping to repair liver health, you're supporting your body's biggest detox organ so that it can do its job taking care of the rest of you. We carry supplements to help with mood, stress, energy, weight loss, gut health, immunity, and much more. Any product carrying the MSW Nutrition label will be produced in an FDA-certified lab and contain the most bioavailable version of those nutrients possible. Make sure to check out our website at www.mswnutrition.com to see all the latest stacks to help you reach your health goals. This podcast is also brought to you by Athletic Outcomes. Athletic Outcomes is Austin's boutique wellness studio focusing on functional fitness and sports recovery. Located in Southeast Austin, AO provides services such as personal training, group classes, pre- and postnatal training, nutrition coaching, massage therapy, chiropractic, recovery compression boots, and MSW lounge vitamin shots. It's your one-stop shop for health and fitness. Check them out on social media at Athletic Outcomes to stay up to date with their events and programs. This podcast is produced by Flabs to Fitness, Inc. Flabs to Fitness is an online wellness company that specializes in mindful eating, personalized workout programs, and offers a subscription workout program for 20-minute workouts you can do anywhere. We also have a brand new online workout community called Online Workout Badasses, where we have three donation-based Zoom workout classes a week and an amazing community of people who are all working to be healthier together. Please join below in the show notes. It's also a social media content firm for creation and scheduling of content and engagement with your fans on a variety of platforms, including this podcast. Find out more about Flabs to Fitness at www.flabstofitness.com. So today's guest is Lars King. He is a friend of mine and a new friend of MSW Nutrition. We had an awesome conversation with him at the lounge, MSW Lounge here in Austin, Um, And our friend Eric Anderson from the Ocean Lab was also in on it. So you hear a little bit from him as well. Uh, Had a great conversation, get into lots of woo-woo shit as we call it, but it's quite interesting and insightful and I know y'all are going to love it. So here is Lars King on the How Do You Health podcast. This is a, the, guys, welcome so, to the How Do You Help podcast. We're talking and the podcast starts now. Can I start it now? Yeah, or should go, I for edit it, go for it, go for it. Okay. No editing. We're, no, we're, we're getting that. Do it live. This is Allison with Flats to Fitness. Our guest today is the Lars King Woo! at the Lars King on Instagram. Our friend Lars, uh, Nurse Doze is in the house. Baldo Tex-Mex Yogi is gone, but we have someone way cooler. Um, we got Eric Anderson from the Ocean Lab here. What's good? Um, I say he's way cooler because he's going to be our next mayor in the city of Austin. So. Whoa. 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 Yeah. How about that? Damn. Throwing that out there. I love it. Watch yeah. out, Adler. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Whatever y'all were talking about before. So, Baldo's been talking about ESP. Yes. For a while now. What's he even saying? He said he created it the other day when he was here and he did it to Alex and Allison's witness. What happened? Wait, was it the wake up Alex yeah. thing? 
Okay, so, yeah. Alex and Baldo and I went on that New Year's trip together, by the way. Episode 100, we shot one there. Um, Where'd you go, Allison? (laughs) We went to to Barcelona. Wow. (laughs) Um, Anyway. Martha. I got here. (laughs) Um, We got here at, like, 8. It was, like, early, and Baldo was like, I woke Alex up, or, like, I'm going to wake Alex up. And Alex is, Alex never texted me before 8.30 in the morning, and it was, like, 7.30 or something. And Baldo's like, I'm going to wake Alex up. And he, like, said something to himself, whatever. And then, like, a few minutes later, Alex texted me. It was like, good morning. <laughs> so. <laughs> He's been toying with it. Right? What's your thoughts? <laughs> so... I've been really, really deep in this space. Nice. Yeah, it's a, it's, I'm definitely passionate nice. about this. Yeah. Because I experience it every single day. And not only do we experience it like sometimes, like, oh, wow, I kind of, someone texted me, right? And I thought of them right before they texted me. It was so weird. Like, that's the default version. But then there's the conscious version of like, okay, I actually know how to use my abilities beyond the physical dimension. And then you can play with that and actually not only play with it for fun, because it's actually, I I think it's sacred. Like we shouldn't just be messing around with this stuff. It has implications, right? So it's like great power becomes great responsibility. Mm -hmm. So you use it to help, to heal. Oh, we're getting a call from the Matrix to pick up. Who was it? Was that Alex right there? I swear to God. That'd be awesome. It's Mandolas. (laughs) (laughs) That's badass. Close, I guess. And this one were Italian. So basically, there's so much, so much to talk about about this topic, but basically it's important to understand how it works, right? Because people these days have a scientific point of view, they're like, how does this stuff actually work? You want to understand it, because there's all the phenomenon, right? But it's like, what's happening? So basically, a lot of science, more and more recently, last few decades, has shown that all information is in the field, the quantum field, whatever you want to call it. So all information in the universe is right here, right there, holographically. So, Little pinprick. Yeah, like right here, right here, right here. Like every cell of your body in your DNA has a holographic code for your rest of your body, right? Yeah. Same thing with the entire as above, so below. It's the principle, right? So that means that if you can actually tap, tap into in, that, any information is accessible like an open book. Because that other dimension... It, it's this dimension, too. It, it is, but it's like talking to yourself in the future. Sure. That's essentially kind of what it is, right? Like you said, if you manifest hard enough, you're basically going to predict the future for yourself. Like we control our own fate. I mean, if you will it enough, eventually what you have to predict, I guess, is really the sensation. What would it feel like once you actually accomplish that? Because that's when, like Baldo's always told me, is like that's when you actually start to believe it and your brain sees it that way. And it's interesting because, I don't know, it's a, he's... <laughs> he has something about him, right? Because every time, I swear, we go downtown, we just go to Wonderlust every morning at 7 a.m., and he'd always find a spot right in front. And he'd say, like, we're going to catch it right in front, like, every time. And we did. I just, it was so eerie, He's right? like that with bigger stuff, too. Like, he can, like, accurately predict to the penny, like, a sales number that will hit. Um, I've done it, and it's, it's believable because it's, we've actually predicted the same number. You know, and there's been, it's, it keeps happening. You know, the weird thing is, like, you know, women cycle together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like, I know exactly what he's thinking. Yeah. Like, I, it's just the weirdest the same thing to think. Cycle. I know, it's the, the weirdest. MSW thing. Cycle. The MSW Cycle. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's what it is. I mean, dude, I swear to God, I'm with him every single day. I'm picking his brain. I know what he's about to say. Yes. Like, I know what he's about to say. Absolutely. He knows what I'm about to say. He speaks for me. We're moving into a time. We talked about, oh, what's this going to be five years in the future? Moving into a time where however many years in the future, we will be having this conversation fully telepathically in this lifetime. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're already starting to feel like the hints of that. So imagine how as that exponentially grows. Is that deja vu? Well, that's another thing, right? Because that's, you were saying that like, it's like your future self or whatever. So if time is non-linear, then, oh, I've experienced this before. Yeah, because you already have. You're just remembering it from the future. Yeah. Right. Well, the same, the same sections of the brain are activated when you're trying to see the future as when you're trying to remember something. Mm. like the same centers of the brain light up on scans so if you can learn how to try and picture the future as if it's a memory you're strengthening that skill and ultimately training that yeah that's and it's essentially the same thing as neuroplasticity right because you're rewiring your brain i i find it very fascinating that you can kind of do that with your level of consciousness and what happens is you 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 have different conversations you have different wave patterns that you think about things in different life it's like looking at a prism right you just look, you see it from a different angle that's all i'm trying to do mm-hmm. right glass half full glass half empty it's more like i just want to know and understand your point of view because mm. you can even get political and it's like i'm not going to change your point of view right but at the same time like i respect it mm-hmm. i understand you have an opinion mm. it's not the idea that i agree with or not it's that you have an opinion you're a person you're being your energy you're allowed to be, right? I mean, that's the, the biggest thing more than anything else. Like the other week when I was in talking about it, was just like, just be. Like he just kept writing that over and over to me. He's like, just be. And it's just, a, it's, it's wonderful, right? If you really think about it, what does that mean? Right? I mean, listen to a lot of Alan Watts, so a lot of it's just... <laughs> <laughs> you are it, yeah, John. I'm in you it. are it. I'm, <laughs> in it, right? I'm telling it. Lars. Yeah. So, okay, can we just get like into it? Let's go deep. How do you how do you like experience sensations like that? Okay, Are you so, a person who's very well, visually prone? Do you get feelings for yeah, things? Yeah, like everyone's different like that, mm-hmm. right? Because you know that they say you're clairvoyant, you can see it. Clairaudient, you can hear. Some people they can smell it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all the senses, right? Yeah. But uh, taste it, right? So for me, it's okay. You mentioned beat. So I have a friend who runs this nonprofit called Movement Beat, and he helps people that are underprivileged youth in schools and he has like he does like poetry for telling their story and healing and it's like amazing right yeah and so this one day about a month ago i got this experience and you're talking about senses it was like it was like i was transported into a different realm i was literally like sitting on my couch and i was like i was in this other realm and i was in this kind of jail or juvenile hall vibe and i was like bringing breath work and transformation and empowerment and it was like a vision kind of like prophetic vision mm-hmm. and then I popped out I'm like that was freaking weird mm-hmm. I had no context for it that. felt like the closest thing that could be called a daydream yeah. yeah but it was like it like came to me I didn't even think of it mm-hmm. and so it was like I was in it for a second and then guess what happens the next freaking day my friend who starts movement B he goes bro I want you to come and help and like I had these kids in the juvenile hall I want you to come do I'm like what <laughs> that's crazy so it's like like we're talking about the non-linear time it's Whatever way we sense it is whatever way we sense it. I feel like it's a muscle. So 
whatever you're strong at, you just want to double down on, but you can also work the other muscles too, mm -hmm. you know? And, and if you've really developed it, let's say over your incarnational cycle, you're going to be really strong in it already. Because some people think we're just blank slates, but that, that doesn't make much sense, right? Because some people come in like full on genius. Yeah. It's like, all right, they've been doing this for a while right. <laughs> in that specific way. Mm -hmm. I've always thought it was cumulative. Right. Like, because you pass wisdom, wisdom through the ages. Right. So in this next life, I am able to understand this already. So it gives me a leg up because I already went through this. Exactly. And the lineage component too, right? Because like you get it from your DNA, mm -hmm. all the genius from your parents and their parents and their parents, it's all in you yep. and all the shit yep. that they haven't processed. Yep. It's in you unconscious, but basically you're going to pass it to your kids unless you clear it. Here's a crazy thing. You, you have kids, right? Mm -hmm. Bro, if you have this pattern that maybe you got from your oh, seven yeah. grandparents up, if you clear it, your kids are cleared of it instantly because the DNA Even though is they're actually, already born. Yes, it's, the it, DNA is connected like it's, that. It's incredible because like in science, uh, and you look at nursing a, a, a child and you're passing antibodies through it. And if you think about like the growth hormones that they inject into cows and chickens to make their chicken breasts huge and produce a lot of milk and everything, uh, those animals are affected by that and then we eat those byproducts right so that means we ingest those horrible hormones the inflammation issues and the energy and the energy because they've been stressed up out the entire time because they've been under no sun they're all locked up together shoulder to shoulder and they've been tased or you know tortured and, and then we're eating that the meat tastes extremely different oh, yeah yeah you can tell you feel you sensitive people will feel oh yeah you can tell Absolutely. the difference and it's just it's just really fascinating because science will just tell you like, well, yeah, the byproducts in there are wrong. But then you also think from the quantum physics standpoint, say, well, the energy there is off. Because even if you're in a room full of people you don't agree with, you still say like, well, I think all our energy gets along. But it's a domino effect because you can literally feel energy when you walk in a room. It's like, man, there's a lot of tension in this room. Exactly. Like, or if you've read that feeling of like, someone was just talking about me. Right? And you walk in like, oh, shit. Like. Oh, they were. Like, you know that feeling. Because we already know, right? We yeah. already know. And so a part of it is just, like, allowing ourselves to own that we know what's going on. Because a lot of people, they're like, how are we supposed to know who's, like, you know, telling the truth or not? But, like, yeah. we already know. know. We can feel it, yeah. right? Like, in the, the news, it's like, ooh, this is manipulated. Oh, like, that feels... Like I resonate. Like you can just mm -hmm. yeah. But do you know? Does everyone else? Because apparently they don't. Right. Well, it's a matter of if someone <laughs> if someone's tapped into their inner truth resonator in their body. That see that's the problem. And I've talked to Bob <laughs> about that. Right? Yeah, just like that. The, I've talked to him. I said, but it's taking you a while to do all that. I mean, dude, he he'll be able to download things and process things in a way that it took him ten years of his life and doing a year of like all these different types of commitments to change the wiring of his brain. He's the type of guy that you tell him he can't do it, he's going to say, well, I'm just going to figure out a way to do it. I just don't know it yet. I'll just do it this way until I keep getting it right. And then, and then that's, that's how it works. So when you change the approach to do that, imagine if you didn't think like that before, right? And what it took to get through that process, I think, floating's a cool way to do it, right? I was going to say. I mean, I, mean I, I the other night I was there... At the Ocean Lab. At the Ocean Lab, which if you're in Austin, Texas, you have to go to the Ocean Lab. Absolutely. Just hands down. It's my favorite place in Austin. Gem of Austin. And I, uh, 
there's those times you catch yourself almost like falling asleep, but it's not. You're in a trance. Yep. Theta wave. Yeah. And it's cool because I want to experience that like a, like a 30 minutes of that. And you can reprogram your subconscious Bingo. so easy on Theta. Bingo. Yeah. So that's what I've talked about forever is that if you tap into that, is it a vibrational approach? Is it an electrical approach? It's like, it's all these different approaches. Many ways. Right. So if I say like, I'm going to pick one, all energy is vibration. And it resonates with me literally, right? That I can say, all right, let's say you're down here. I can probably raise it to up here. But it comes in with also brain waves because you have to be riding the right wave in order to interpret that. Mm-hmm. So I have to set the tone. I think that's why like ketamine is so popular because it's such an easy way to get into hypnosis. Mm. That's really what should, hypnosis has to be data waves, right? Like it has to like, I mean, there, you're certainly more susceptible when you're in data wave brain state. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. So it's, it's absolutely a possibility. But what's fascinating about ketamine is that it's such a neutral detachment from your body. Yeah. So it's not positive, it's not negative, it just allows you to enter that hypnotic state, totally neutral. Yeah. Uh, like see, see yourself more objectively. Exactly. That's what I keep hearing about it. Yes. But it's, also, it's good and bad, right? Well, you can get so dissociated, you might accidentally hurt yourself because you don't realize what you're doing. No. Like, you could. I mean, it is. It's, it's not something to play around with, obviously, but here's the deal. It's a way to lock in. Because you still have to do the work. So imagine there's been experiences where I've heard where they're just doing an ketamine IV and they're just laying there and then they let them leave so you're okay to go. There's nothing transcendent about that. It's just more like, hey, we gave you this, good luck, go mm-hmm. talk to your therapist. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't work out that way, right? Mm-hmm. Because imagine I'm taken through this journey where I don't have a guard up and you hit me with like your most traumatic events and you pull that out while you're riding in the float and if you're riding that float in theta waves i say here's the deal man i know that shit when you were 15 really still gets to you but try to look at it from this way you won't get rid of it but you can respond differently when you think about it you're gonna think this way now but that way is to be determined by the individual right because when you do that I think you don't manipulate what the new neuroplasticity will be for that train of thought. Mm-hmm. But when you do that, maybe you're able to unlock something a little bit more about yourself where you're like, I think I understand myself a little bit more. I think I'm better off for that. I can let that go. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just something that's been and Part of that is, is like letting yourself feel it again and yeah. letting it go. Yeah. Like it happened to me this morning. I mean, it was pretty intense actually. So basically, I was seven years old. And my dad started speaking really fast and fast and fast and fast and fast. And I was like, dad, what's going on for days? And he couldn't sleep. And he was speaking faster and faster, like kind of like a, like a mental break mm-hmm. kind of idea. And he was really in this religion at the time. He's like left it now, but it's this like hardcore, like funky ass new age religion. Basically called. Yeah, or yeah. a cult. Yeah, 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 yeah. up in a cult. Absolutely. <laughs> and so he was like going crazy. I'm seven years old. Like you're totally open. And he's like, you got to pray like to these beings like full on with me. You got to pray with me for like days. And I blocked this out, like mostly blocked his memories out. Cause I was so scared and angry and like, what the fuck? You're supposed to protect me. I just, my own dad. Right. And this morning, like I was on a call with my friend and we go really deep together, like working with each other. And, and I just like, I like let myself go back there and just like feel the anger and sadness and fear. And like, just like cried. And like, it's almost like this, like this thing that was like in me like came to the surface and like let go and just like 
Fuck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> been holding on to that since I was seven. That's awesome. Because it's like the blocked memories, right? Yeah. Because our, our psyche is genius in a way. Yeah. It's like, all right, we're going to lull that one off till mm-hmm. you're ready. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Today was the day for that, you mm-hmm. know? That's badass. And so this year, I've gone so deep with like all of these things in my past that, you know, it's interesting with our conscious mind, conscious mind isn't feeling, right? Because we can go back, oh, that, that time my partner broke up with me at age 17, oh, it was fine, you know? But the conscious mind doesn't touch our feelings. Right. Maybe it really fucking hurt and we didn't process it. Like this big process I went through, I was 17 years old. Uh, my girlfriend at the time, she lived across the country. So I was gonna fly over to prom and it was like this big thing in high school. And her ex-boyfriend had come over and like they had like gotten together like a night or two before I was gonna fly over. And I was like, fuck, like, yeah, at the time I was mad and we had a little fight, but it was fine. But I actually, what I did is I went unconscious to how it really felt because I blocked it. And so age 26, I was like crying and crying and crying. I was like, God, like as men, especially we're taught to just like not feel. It's totally done. That is fucking done. And this guy right here <laughs> was hey. with me so, was with me earlier this year when I was crying like a fucking baby. You remember that? Yeah. And he, this, is a, this man is a genius at holding space for, for other people. And I so appreciate that. And for me, like this year has been such a breakthrough in vulnerability because it's like everyone has this sensitive heart. Same deal. You know? And it's like, maybe some people don't talk about it because it's like, oh, like, let's just have fun. But like, let's talk about everything. Like, it's all okay. Being a human, full spectrum, right? That's what we're all doing here. And it's just amazing to like, let all that shit go. And then raise our vibration to love, but not like over the top of covering something else up. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's that's awesome, man. I I I had this kind of theory that right now what you said is true because most of the time before covid when hugs were still free and loving uh you would basically just hug and guys that i mean it long hugs like long deep hugs which is interesting and you might be listening and it's interesting because it might make you feel slightly uncomfortable for some reason Right, because John's hug- talking about how, the, how all the men in our community hug each other for a really long time. They, they do. They I mean it's. That's I'm talking great. like That's two great. minutes. Like yeah. yesterday, I was over talking with Rod, and uh, this guy came over. We worked at the bike shop. Came over four or five times and gave him like a long hug to the point where he lifted him each time, and finally they fell back <laughs> off that little porch that he has. In the See, front. that might be a little excessive. It was, but I. But it's crazy. <laughs> it's excessive, but it was like. Because he held there. Like, every time, it was like a long hug. And you could tell that maybe one of them didn't want it at all. <laughs> he was like, damn, they're just, okay, he's going to do that again. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, the guy on the bike was, no, he had done a little something before. So yeah, what about the, like, the tap on the back? Like, yo, bro. Yeah, yeah bro. but it was one of those, you know, kind of like, oh, hey, man, kind of let but go. But the point is, most of the time, yeah, it's I mean, a good it, hug. I'm good. Anything past, like, five seconds, like, you're... you're that's, that's a bit much. Like, yeah. Like, let's, let's break it. Let's talk. What's up? How you doing? Like, so, I look at your face, not not your back. So, I will like, say, I will what's up with that? I'll name, <laughs> drop, I'll name drop Tall and Rowdy oh, met yeah. one time. Oh, oh God. Here, and I kind of met each other. It was like a five-minute hug, dude. Just the like, alpha huggers. That, just Tom like, and just there. And everyone in the room was just watching these two dudes just hug like for like five. And it was like they kept holding on tighter. 
It tied, and it was the yeah, left bro. on left, and I loved it, dude, because I was like, "Damn, the alpha heart yeah. hug contest." Yeah, we all neither could neither could lose. Eric, yeah, had to keep going. Eric taught me the heart hug too. Yeah, Rowdy taught me yeah. the heart okay, hug. Yeah, there you go. So. And I've heard it from and seen it from many people, but I was like, we all wondering, where is this going? Yeah, like where? Is this going? <laughs> it was funny because I came into the lounge that afternoon. Like I wasn't there when that happened, but I came in for a podcast that afternoon, and Baldo was like, "Dude." Rowdy and Ta hugged in <laughs> yeah, like, It was like the biggest bear hug. But it was, it, honestly, it's something like if that was a blanket, you'd probably wear that a lot because it was that comfortable. It looked yeah. like that, right? It was one of those kind of hugs. Like a newsworthy hug. Yes, yes. But it was like, yeah, like they hadn't seen each other in six years and like all of a sudden, bam, you know, and I was like, damn, that's badass. And the cool thing was it kind of resonated because after that, everyone was smiling. You know, they were like, all right, it's cool. You know, you know those guys. So they laughed and they thought it was funny. Like that. And you smiled when Baldo told you that, right? Yeah, Baldo. I was like, oh, I'm surprised the place is still here. I'm pretty sure that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Could have cleared it out. But yeah, I, I, I just kind of like that approach to where you'll be open with it. Because most of the time, I'll look at the guys that are the most happiest are the ones that have the most shit that they're dealing with. Mm. Right? Like I look at Robin Williams. Mm. Right, the guy can make anyone in this world laugh, but yet he had this illness inside of him yeah. that he's like, I can't, I can't laugh myself in well, these certain moments. Right? Most comedians are depressed. Yeah, says the comedian. Says uh -huh. the comedian. Oh yeah, it's That's, really sad. It's an outlet, right? But also, really comedians sad. are some of the most truth tellers in society, and that's why a lot of them are depressed because they look at it in a poor light. Because they're like cynical. Yeah. I mean, the latest CDC study said that sixty-two point nine percent of people between the ages of 15 and 24 are clinically anxious or depressed. Here's a 62.9%. Okay, here's the thing about that. My Does that feel true to you? I Yeah. It does. It. That's wow. low. That's, That's terrifying. Low. Yes. That's low. terrifying. Well, yes, because like, of how, how easily they give diagnoses, right? Yeah. And I'll throw That's this in saying, there. Right. there. There's a weird thing like my roommate's younger sister just graduated high school, so she's right in the middle yeah. of that demographic she's so smart very cool going to pre-med like she's got her shit together you know all that stuff but she's one of those people who she will literally like the first time she meets you she's like oh she'll do something wrong one time you're like oh sorry i'm anxious and depressed like i fucked up and i'm like yeah i just wasn't paying attention because i was like mad at myself but it's a huge identifier for Gen yeah, Z it's kids. Like, it's, it's like turned, in the bio it's gone it's gone from being what? a thing it's gone from being a thing where it's like you're brave for sharing this tough diagnosis. Like that's been championed so much that now when kids get a diagnosis like that, they immediately, everyone, hey, just by the way, I'm depressed, I'm clinical, like I'm on this med. So they, they make an identity. It's an identity Which thing. then, even if they're, they're, they can move through it, but there's, they, they get stuck in it because it's become their identity. Exactly. Right? What the fuck? I, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's wild. I found, I found a Twitter bio today that literally had, the person had their pronouns, <laughs> oh, their sexuality, the fact that they were poly, where they lived, what their job was, where they went to school, and like two other things, maybe like their hobby or whatever. Yeah. And then the last thing it said was not a fan of labels. Wow. Ooh. Well, that's the thing though, because it, it's important <laughs> in, in this you, conversation. You stuck it to him. I was like, <laughs> you got it. Um, no, he like put all that, and I was like, you just gave yourself nine labels, and then yeah. the last thing you put is I'm not a fan of labels. That's. But that's maybe thing, it was, though, maybe right? it was a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He wasn't funny. I'm so. intentional comedian. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is like, it's like we have this tendency to want to put ourselves in a box because what if we're unlabelable? Mm -hmm. What if our relationship status with someone does not fit any previous version? Mm 
Mm-hmm. Like, what are people going to think? You know, it's like, the answer to what do you do, like, people are like, oh, I got to come up with, like, a, a pitch. It's like, what if it's organic? Yeah. Right? What, what if it's, like, evolving as you evolve? And, and that's what I feel like is more happening now, is people are, some people are going more into labels, but some people are going more into, like, the fluidity, which is actually more true because we are ever evolving. Mm-hmm. If we allow ourselves to expand, right? Instead yeah. of putting ourselves in a box. And that's the thing with our entrepreneurial culture is we're always reinventing ourselves. We're all, yeah. you know, you, you may be expanding into a new property and doing all kinds of new stuff. And it's like, that's the great thing about life. The universe is expanding, right? Mm-hmm. If we're the universe, then let's align with that as well. I love it. Yeah. Like, like uh, go ahead. To your point about expanding, though, yeah. nobody... Like if nobody's feeling their emotions, if everyone's hiding from them, right. self-medicating, right. or having a doctor tell them they need to be on Prozac as a 14-year-old, right? Yeah. Like, it dumbs them if, down. If everyone's numb and, and avoiding their feelings, right. then there's no expansion. Absolutely. And you do get just trapped in this box yeah. that, I'm broken, I need this pill to fix me, I have this disorder, and it's like... I feel like we're all trying to like you solve can, that problem you in can, your own way. Move beyond that. Yeah. But it's all in your head, and it's just a self-repeating script that you right. keep repeating. But look what environment they're in. It's a social. It's a it. social media surrounding environment to where kids are growing up in the digital age now. To where, like, I'm gonna age myself. My my generation had caller ID at home, right? Like it, when it, caller ID came out, like it was a separate box on the phone for my home. Line. I remember that. Right. I'm gonna out you. John's acting like he's old. He's like 37. I'm 38, but yeah. still, like, I mean, but kids are gonna be like, "What the hell is caller ID?" Yeah. Right. Because it's like, yeah, like that's something you paid extra for back in the day from Southwestern Bell. Well, now you don't answer the phone unless you already have put. And the now you know, right? That's the crazy phone. thing. It's like, don't answer. Like you know, right? It's like, all right. So it's just incredible that that's where they're at because when they speak up, they're finally talking. They're saying, "I'm saying this." not face-to-face to anyone, I'm saying this into my phone where I can hide and not necessarily mm. like be truthful with anyone face-to-face right. because that's a different sensation. Mm. If you come up to someone and you're physically in their face, there's a reason why, right? It's either your reason or their reason, right? So if you go up there and you say, here I am, your reaction isn't necessarily how you should respond, right? It's more of like you just reacted instead of thinking this through and saying like, all right, how should I really think about this? All right, I'm depressed. Is that a negative thought? Is depressed being a bad thing? I understand the tagline. I get that. But look at it from this perspective. All right, from a scientific standpoint, dopamine and serotonin are usually elevated and people have better moods. That's just what happens, right? But imagine if serotonin and dopamine was available for other things like sleep and appetite and pain, motivation, reward system, right? What if you didn't produce a lot of serotonin and dopamine? Doctors would label you as depressed or anxious, right? If that was the case, so be it. I don't think it was separate things. I just say you don't produce enough serotonin and dopamine. So if you did, would your life be better? Would you function differently? Would you produce in whatever it is that you do, right? So the idea is that we look at this as like, okay, treat diabetes and heart disease. No, it's the same thing. And the point to make on the de- depression side too is like looking at it as okay you have low serotonin and dopamine that uh therefore like western medicine and all of the medicines you take for it they're like you have low serotonin and dopamine we're gonna give you more things to absorb it with 
SSRIs, right? Yep. It basically like takes away some of the things that are supposed to uptake serotonin. So your brain has more access to what you have. But if your levels are already low, you're just giving more access to low fuel. The way we approach it is we say, okay, your levels are low. We're not going to affect the enzymes that uptake it. We're going to increase the actual production yep. so that you have an abundance of it. Yep. And that's like two different models, right? And there's a, so many models, and they're all valuable. They all have their piece of the puzzle, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say you take an indigenous or shamanically oriented society and someone's depressed. They're going to have a whole different perspective and yep. cure for it, which may actually work in a sustainable mm -hmm. way because... There's one thing I was reading earlier. It was like, if someone comes to their village shaman saying they're depressed, they say, oh, when did you stop singing? When did you stop dancing? When did you stop connecting with the earth every day? Yeah. It's like, duh, right? right. Yeah, like we don't ever think that, oh, it's got to be your serotonin. And it's like, have and you gotten any sunlight? That's right. what I was going to say. Do you have any face-to-face -face Go outside. Go human? outside. Like, right? Go right. outside. <laughs> You've been inside. You're tired. You're sleepy. Go outside. The sun gives you solar power. Why in the world would I tell you to stay indoors for four months and block solar power going into your neurons and your mitochondria and releasing energy? When's the last time you were barefoot in the grass? Yeah. Right. Grounding. I told this doctor friend of mine, uh, he was kind of stressed out. I said, like, you should go outside and walk in your yard, like barefoot. Have you ever done that? He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, it feels really good. And right now the grass is really, it's been raining. So I was like, it's going to feel good. Go out there and you'll feel better. So he did it at like nine o'clock at night and his wife saw him out there, opens the doors. Like, what are you doing? He was I'm doing something called grounding. She's like, you're an idiot and just closes the door. <laughs> Straight up. So he stopped doing it. And then he bought some grounding sheets. Then <laughs> <laughs> he became a biohacker somehow, right? He became a biohacker and said, I'm going to hack my way to came from. Well, Men were married to women who got angry about their health changes. They're like, I'm going to sneak this shit into my bed. Yeah, get in here and do the dishes, damn it. Like, quit fucking around out there. It's, it's, I love this conversation, though. It's so important that we're having it. Like, ADHD, I call it always dialed into higher dimensions. ADHD kids, there's not something wrong with them. They're actually meant for a completely different yep. working world. They're not here to be like a freaking a fucking robot. drone. They're here to do really creative stuff that the school system doesn't even have a concept of. Mm -hmm. Right? Like they're actually away. perfect in their own way. Yes. That was the when I was in high school. They were telling us about some studies that came out that like the subset of people who had ADHD back in caveman times were actually the majority because it helped you survive. Right. And you, you have like to couldn't focus on shit, so you, you were always aware. Yeah, you have to be aware of your plans. I mean, think about it, like. Let, I love the wellness approach to almost any metaphor. You look at somebody who works out in the gym and they just do up and down frontal planes, right? They rarely go like side to side. Or even the rarest is like they'll twist. go back and twist. So like all this primal movement thing now is coming back because you're just activating planes. Well, if you do yoga and you do back bends, you're going to hit all those planes, which is great, right? And you do it to increase, you know, just everything. But just kind of looking at like ADHD is a way to kind of create and if you can create things from just a different perspective like back bends will help my flexibility and my back pain then all of a sudden your mind is prepared for another way of thinking about things in this world right. and it's the most simplest things of like I'm going to get up and make my bed every day just that's the first thing I do I get out of bed and make my bed every day mm. and what's, what's the rest of the day look like next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to read 10 pages of a book cool after that next thing I'm going to do I'm going to go outside barefoot this is what goes you keep on. Stacking it. And you keep stacking it, right? And yeah. every day you're just going out there and next thing your routine changes and it's been thirty days. It's been sixty days. Ninety days. You did it. 
That's right. what I always tell people is like the time's gonna pass either way. Like, do you want it to change something or not? Yeah. So now like I'm that guy in the gym that does back bends and yoga like to warm up and then I go hit the weights. You know, because the guys over there they're coming in to see me because they have shoulder injuries. Right? Because they're just I got it's all bicep tendonitis like every single time. It's because they're just doing vanity muscles and killing themselves. Biceps are functional. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And it's like I do a lot of pushing work, and part of that is I can help decode people's symptoms. Yeah, I want to get into what you do in terms of in terms of why they're actually creating them. Mm-hmm. And, wait, creating them? No. People will be like, do anything to hold on to a victim mentality, right? Mm-hmm. But no, we're creating everything. And here's the amazing thing: is that everything is code. Everything is code. So it's about being able to decode what's happening in our field and also in our body. Because there's, there's, there's like a matrix code, like a message everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like we ha- all we need to do is be aware of it and be able to read the code. So when someone has, like you said, a back issue, you could look at the physical component. That's our culture's tendency. Mr. Anderson is heading I'm, out. I'm departing, but I love Thank you, you all. Thank listeners. you for being guests. Thank you for being here. You're all beautiful. You're amazing. Go to the Ocean Lab if you're listening. Ocean Lab. Float. (laughs) Float. Sauna. 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 Ice baths. High vibes. High vibes. (laughs) But but what does back represent? It represents being and feeling supported. Financially supported. Emotionally supported. No. What does the left side of our body represent? Our feminine. Our receiving. A woman. Our own feminine side. Masculine side. Right side. So, oh, you know, the left side of my back is really, it's like, oh, you know, let's say shoulder, burdens. Yep. Oh, there's my left trap and shoulder. It's like, do you have a burden with your creativity? Do you have a burden with a female in your life? It's like, oh, how'd you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah, because your body is telling me right away. <laughs> and also with words, it's perfect code. Oh, like subconscious yes. wording? Well, everything, our words are actually subconscious is the one that's giving us the words to say. As long as we're speaking directly, right? Because if we go into our med, our, our head, and we're like, "Hmm, uh, well, Let so, me plan this. um, you know, those are the key words for mental editing." But if we're just speaking, there's everyone's subconscious will instantly give you their code. And sometimes you'll get the classic Freudian slips. But oftentimes, like, they'll just say things like, "Yeah, I don't know," and it's, I, "I don't know, I don't know." You hear that all the time. Non-committal, yeah. And like, the, I don't know. They're they're actually creating not knowing. That's their program. Mm-hmm. Because in truth, we already know. Like, we already know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if they're, they're in the I don't know, that's the program. So then you can meet them where they're at and then have them realize, like, oh, wow, I can choose to know. And that's like a breakthrough for some people. Like, and you, you have people say because when you say it, mm-hmm. you're giving your own subconscious a redirection. Mm-hmm. So someone says, I choose to know for the first time. It's like, 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 <laughs> like rewiring. Yeah. And you have them to keep doing that, choose to know it. And then wh- whenever they do it, you just lovingly remind them. And it's like, then they will actually stop yeah. not knowing. Yeah. And it's then, amazing. And they think differently. And then next thing you know, if you do it in the right way, your life improves. Totally. Right? And if it does improve, you think about the idea that whatever you're trying to improve in your life, whether it is your back bend, your back pain, or your bank statement, right? Like you basically have to work at it. And you have to change your approach because whatever situation you're in, if you don't like it, you can always change it. That's the, that's what most people don't realize. And 
I know well, people make excuses like, well, I don't have this. And if I had access to this, I like get the blaming, right? I get that, right? And it's like, well, find the thing you can do. Yeah, like find There's the thing you can so do. There's more. always There's something. So yeah, because even if it meant like, I still always wonder, I'm like, if I had to just scrub toilets because that's all I could find for work, I would do it in order to feed my family. Yeah. Like every day when we started this company, I mean, I got two kids. Like, let's hustle. Mm-hmm. Like, they got to eat. You know, like they're gonna get bigger and they're yep. gonna eat more. Mm-hmm. Like they're, you know, they we need to get it done, and so it's a cool motivational factor. But at the same time, it really allows me to put the focus on well, what do I need to do to be more productive today to get more things done? Because if I get more things done, I figured out my income goes up. Mm-hmm. That's that's the equation. It's not that I want more money. I get that. I I want more money. Give it to me. Like I manifest. I feel like it's like right. Well, after a while, that's not important. Right, because the money comes in because yes. that's what you already manifested, so you move on. Yes. And then you say, like, okay, cool, so now what? So okay. you're talking about consciously picking areas of your life to focus on, rehabitualize, and then move on. Yeah, because there's or a stage. Because there's a stage to it. What people don't realize mm-hmm. is that they look at too narrow minded, right? It's thirty day challenges and shit like that. Well, it's it's bigger than that. The point I'd like to inject to this is that when people go into trying to make change in their life, what they ultimately need is habit change. And I go on this pedestal all the time on this podcast, but the brain can only focus on so much at once. Like the conscious brain that needs to be active and doing shit throughout the day for us has a very limited bandwidth Mm -hmm. compared to the subconscious. So if we can train the subconscious to do the things we want it to do, we can focus the conscious mind on retraining other parts Mm -hmm. and those things. And it's a constant training. And so people who do like the 30 day challenges, they're starting to rewire the brain but they still have those old habits of not working out, uh, staying up too late, eating junk food. And so if, if their brain isn't fast enough at rewiring so that at day 30, they have a new habit, which most people aren't that fast, then they'll revert because mm. that's the easier pathway in the brain. Well, of course. already had and the then, grooves for 10 yes. years. Well, yeah. Yes. And yeah. then they've gotten the dopamine hit of like, I lost 10 pounds this month. I'm great. And they go back to doing their old shit. And then they, they gain 20 pounds later. Again. Because they know that. That's what they expect. That's like what the they know. Back. That's what they know. Yeah. That's what they actually crave. Mm. Because if you go back to the original thing, is like, do you predict what the future is really going to be? You say, what I really want is I don't want to lose weight. Mm. I really don't want to get better because I'm not in that mental state. Right. I'm not ready. Right. And it's about being honest with yourself yeah. with what you're ready for. And yeah. that's something I've been reflecting on a lot this year is like, we maybe think like someone's like, I'm ready to make a million dollars. It's like, are you really? It's like, is like in your deep feelings, are you truly ready? Like in your body to receive and yeah. own that level of wealth yeah. for most people who are like manifesting a million dollars. Usually not. And they're making like 30K yeah, right it's now. Like, no, yeah. no, the lottery, the lottery just as an yeah, example, right? Yeah. And, or, yeah, even, yeah, exactly. So it's like really being honest with what, what you're ready for. Like for me personally, I, like I started, and I'll share a poem on this podcast, you know, yes. and I was like, I was, I was doing poems. I'm like, oh my God, like these poems, like I got to reach a million people with these poems. Yeah, I was so excited. And I was like, you know what? Like, I don't need to do that right now. Like it'll happen organically, but like, I don't need to go for the million. Cause mm-hmm. honestly, like I don't feel like I want to be like that massive viral guy right now. Right. You know, like it, it will emerge as it emerges, but like, I was just more honest with myself. Like, you know what? If I, if my community can just receive my poetry, that's enough right now. Mm-hmm. And like, that was like a, a leap for me. Cause I'm like, Oh, like I don't, 
I think in our culture, we do this thing like you got to be huge and big and important. And, you know, if you want to do online videos, you got to go viral. It's like, what about like uplifting like your neighbor? Yeah. Right. It's like start in your backyard. Start with you. Start with your your family, your friends like you can change the life of your cousin. How about that? And Instead of like reach, a billion people, you know, you'll, you'll reach a million a lot faster than right. you think because of the ripple effect. Exactly. You affect five people. Each of them affects five people with that same lesson. And it just goes out and out and out. And is that much more intimate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I look at a garden. How's yes. it going to regenerate the earth? One garden starts in someone's backyard and you feed someone or one of your neighbors. And then you say, hey, that neighbor over there has apples. He'll go sell you like two of them. Trade. Yeah, trade. Mm-hmm. I'll mow your yard. Give me some apples. And then it's like, right, here you go. And essentially, you just keep regenerating and it builds and it builds. So like one community garden, how many people can it feed? Right? There's a lot of upkeep to it and a lot of involvement, but it's a community. Right? So I look and say the biggest change that you could look at when it comes to almost the bleakest type of event in your life. Right, whatever's going on mentally in your head that you're self-creating for most of it, because if you could get out of your own way, you'd be so much better in life, right? <laughs> but whatever you're creating, you're literally just seeing like, all right, well, if it's gonna be this way, we'll make the most of it. This is what I gotta do, all right? So I can either take and roll with the punches and adapt, or I can sit here pondering what to do next, right? A lot of times it's just saying, let's act. And I know that it's kind of hard to think about because a lot of it's just chance, but it is just saying, I'm going to take that step. I'm going to do it because I'm just going to wonder what if, yeah. right? I just, I don't want to, I don't want to have what ifs in my life. I think for most people, the fear of trying and failing outweighs the fear of having too many what ifs. Mm. And the interesting thing about that is that I, I've had that. And it's like, when I do the thing that I was scared of, I realized that oh my God, that was like so effortless and no big deal at yep. all. I made it into this big, right. right, like monstrous event where it was like, oh, like barely anything happened. It that was easy. That applies to chores too. Like even like small mundane things where you're just like dreading like having to like- cleaning your closet. Yeah, dreading having to reorganize the closet and it ends up taking 20 minutes. Right. And you're like, oh. <laughs> and it's, like, it's like on your to-do list for like, you know, three weeks yes. straight. And it's like, you keep carrying it over. Yes. And it's like, it's just like, it just like takes one moment of like, it is time. Yeah. And then it just happens. It's like, okay, <laughs> what? Yeah, doing? but you have to be motivated in order to do it. Like, so I was just thinking about this. I took brain candy again. Brain <laughs> candy, uh, plug here. It's uh, MDMA MS- is what it is. It's it, yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's the other way. That's, that's, that's funny. That's funny. our bliss. That's our, that is our supplemental. Um, no, I'm not going to say that's that. the case. It's. It makes you very happy. It makes you very happy. It's not that, but that's hilarious. The brain candy is actually a nootropic, which you can refer to as other things too, right? But essentially it's... Some clients have called it natural Adderall. It is a focused combination, right? So you go back to ADHD. So let's go back to the idea that I can't do 20 things at once, right? I need to focus on one thing. I say, cool. If you just focus on that one thing and you knock out that one thing, would it be that your life is better? Because then you can move on. I'll talk to Baldo now and he'll straight up be like, I'm sorry, I can't. Like, He's good it. at that. Yeah. I used to have a boss. Shit you not, this is what would happen. Log in his computer all the time. You'd have a conversation, uh-huh, uh-huh. Leave, wait, what? Huh, 
what was he just talking about, right? And you come back and say, hey, we talked about this. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So he repeatedly told his employees, say his name live. When you say that word live, you have his attention. So if you're, so if his name is Bob, it's like Bob live. live. And then all of a sudden you look up Lars live. He would move away from the. He computer stops the computer and he gives you your attention. <laughs> That's how his brain functioned. He would be the same guy that hires a driver, so he goes back home to Louisiana so he can work the whole way while the driver drives. It makes sense. That's like six, seven, eight hours right there. He's mm-hmm. like, dude, I can knock out a bunch of things. If, and I'm sure they're not talking. Like, I imagine. I always work on the airplane. Right. Yeah. And so it's incredible because if I, like, take brain candy, I knock out a bunch of stuff, but then I go home and I'm like, I'm going to, like, clean. I'm going to, like, cook. I'm going to tend to the garden a little bit more. It's cool, right? Like, it's, I get why people like that feeling. Because most people are not running on that level. Mm. So, so you feel like people get addicted to their antidepressants and their eight. Because like, imagine what you feel like if animals. you have more serotonin and dopamine and you're just running at that level. I mean, that's why people like MDMA. That's why people like that stuff. Because you imagine the person who's most depressed probably loves Molly. Loves Molly. Because like, it gives it, them a reminder of the truth of who Of we are. what they could really experience. Which is like infinite love. Bingo. So then you look at psychedelics and there's a renaissance over it because you have people who back in the 60s were like, wow, everyone should take this because then you experience what the meaning of life is and the beauty behind it and all you understand everything. And then we can be there every moment. And you can be there every moment and you can, it resonates afterwards because you take those downloads and then you say, all right, cool. Like the next 40, 50 years of your life are going to be just the most beautiful thing Isn't because that great yeah it's a whole different life for someone if you if someone has that experience at age 18 or not yeah it's a completely different trajectory yeah and i i think it's i think it's cool because if you look at it from that perspective go back to the medicinal side of it if i come to you and i say i'm sad all the time help me i say cool well tell me like what makes you sad like i'm just sad all the time Okay, cool. If I'm a psychotherapist, I'll be like, well, when you see the rain, I'm going to try to train you to not think of sadness. Think of something happy. I say, cool. Well, what if you work on that all day, but you drop some vitamins under your tongue that raise your serotonin and dopamine? So when you do get ready to experience that visual thought of rain being good, your serotonin and dopamine is a lot higher. So if you're running at that level, with that high, you're running on all cylinders, which means you're equipped to be able to do what? Receive the message, be happier, experience more, maybe interpret more. Because I think of like, if I'm happy, I stop and I smell the roses. Mm. And I appreciate the beauty behind this flower that's there to give me oxygen in order to live. Yes. And then I see the bees come by and the bee stops and it pollinates. And I think life's about to be created. Like, this is really cool. I'm experiencing this whole other world mm-hmm. that they don't even care what's going on with me. Like, mm-hmm. they, I'm, I'm just watching <laughs> their world, their universe, their tiny speck mm-hmm. of a species. And mm-hmm. I happen to be a cluster of other atoms right next to them. And I'd wonder, am I supposed to disrupt this? Right? Like, what's my interpretation of just the realms of others, right? You talk about the levels... We're trying to interpret ourselves, Mm -hmm. but our environment around us is always changing. And it's reflecting our own inner state as a Bingo. Like the sky. Yeah. 
<laughs> the sky reflects the water. Mm-hmm. That's why it's blue, right? Mm-hmm. So if you people buy mirrors in marketing, right, then essentially we're looking at pain points all the way. You're sad. I got something for you here. How about this? Try this. Sign up for this new deal. Do this here. And, and, and that's the thing with our commodified marketing culture is that it's kind of sad, <laughs> speaking of sadness, because the idea, if you want to really help someone heal their sadness, people want to get all the quick fixes. They want to get out of it. That's, that's the whole error mindset. The idea is that you want to go deeply into your sadness, yeah. mm-hmm. let it move through you, and then you're happy because that's your natural freaking state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a conversation I, I'm just going to... That's a conversation Alex and I had like yeah. pretty early on in our relationship because I noticed like if he got upset about something, he didn't want to talk about mm. it at all. And mm. I and like to me, you don't need to give me any details. I don't care. Mm. But at least like tell me you're upset and just let me be there for you. A lot of times I'd be like, I think you're upset. He'd be like, nope, I'm good. Well, that's the and, denial that is so common in our culture. Yeah. And and I'm not perfect. I cover my feelings a lot. Like I, I don't genuinely feel negative feelings most of the time but if I do it just kind of goes blank slate mm-hmm. um but it was just interesting because um talking with him he was so like into the law of attraction mindset at the time that he thought that when he had a negative feeling mm. if he kept feeling it it would manifest more of that so it's basically that is a spiritual bypass Yes. And right. finally, I just was like, no, you need to feel it in order to let it go. Cause otherwise it's just going to hide. Give it a kiss. I was like, I've gotten a lot better about not hiding my feelings. But in college, I used to have breakdowns and call my mom and Absolutely. just be so upset. And, um, yeah, so I just like shared that with him and I know he works with you sometimes, um, which I want to talk about your coaching. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he's worked on that a lot. And, and you've seen a big shift. Oh, big shift. Yeah. I, and, I, I felt it from him too. Yeah. Absolutely. But it is just interesting how, like, people have different interpretations of those things. Yeah. Well, we're not taught any of this stuff. So, basically, there's a couple threads that I'm noticing in our conversation. One is that we're actually relearning what what does being fully human actually mean? Because we're not actually, we're taught, programmed out of being our natural humanness, right? So, that's one thing we're, as, I feel like as a community, we're all, like, asking the question, what does it mean to be a fully optimized, but also, like, grounded in, like, you know, authentic human? And we're also asking the question, how do we experience peak states and high elevation, which is maybe going beyond the typical human realm, which is more transcendent? Mm -hmm. And how do we integrate that into our day-to-day? Like, do you sense that our community is, like, asking those questions? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, I also... In a lot of different ways. Yeah, exactly. And we all have our own, like, exploration, so we come together with our, hey, this is what I found, this is what I found, and Mm -hmm. we're all, like we're melding our minds and like the synapses. Well, that's always, that's about. all. I love that it's a synapses deal because it needs to be written down. Things I've learned through the ages is that writing is essential. Calligraphy has long been lost. Cursive is not being taught. You can still learn calligraphy. That was one of my I know you can't. I know you can't. I know you can't. That was one of my self-imposed hey, art projects a few years project. ago. I know you can. But it's not being it's taught, not being and taught. it's not going to be taught in public education right? because they're all given laptops mm-hmm. and iPads. Mm-hmm. And the incredible thing is you take that away. I sit there and wonder, how does the brain is naturally designed, I guess, to write and be creative? Because every time you write, you're being creative. The mm-hmm. second you do one turn with your mark, your brain's already saying, all right, where are we going? And if you're losing that, how do you still continue it? 
if you say, well, I'm going to teach them tech, I'm going to teach them coding, that's another approach too. You rewire the brain and they grow up thinking now, this is how things are. Because back in the day, rotary phones and all that was a thing of the past. Cell phones, all that, and where's it going to be? Chips? Do you Implanted? Think, Hell no. Do you think with the, with, the, with the technology thing at least, do you think the same brain patterns and creativity apply when once a kid gets fast at typing? Do you think it translates? So I, we had this talk about um, athletes. Are athletes born or are they developed? Both. It's the nature versus nurture thing. It's both. So the, my question is how does it take you so far? Because let's say my aspirations are to be a collegiate baseball player just so I got my school paid for it. That's all I wanted. I could go to major leagues and I could you know, shoot for the big time, but I know the percentage is small. Mm -hmm. But imagine my dream is to play football at UT and I got to walk on and I, you know, I played there and I, you know, maybe I got a, I got a jersey I got to hang up. Mm -hmm. That's it, right? Like that would be it for me, right? No aspirations other than that. But see, even when players go to NFL, they retire at age like 24 or 26. They're designed not to think after NFL, What's life like for a retired NFL player at 27, 28, 29, who you were taught, you're gonna go out there and you're gonna do this for me, and then when you're done, I'm gonna find someone else to do it too. And after they're done, I'm gonna find someone else to do it, right? It's just a weird assembly line. So you think it's turning kids more into assembly lines when they're learning creativity? All it is is the, no, I think what happens is that you don't have, you have assembly lines if you lose that creativity. Because it's mundane and it's repetitive. It's neuroplasticity. You understand that because if I study the news and I say, I'm going to watch the same thing and they're going to repeat it four or five different ways on five different channels, my body says, okay, that's what it is now. I believe that because I saw it four or five times. Marketing works because if I right. see it 20 times, I believe it. If I say it 20 times, I believe it. If right. I write it out 20 times, remember, you got in trouble. I'm going to write it out 100 times mm -hmm. on the chalkboard. Bart Simpson style, yeah. right? You trained your brain, don't do it again. I had to write it out to train my brain, don't do this again, right? And, and, We're always creating with our imagination. Right, so then you say, all right, the new transition might be, let's own up to it. Let's get the laptop, and better yet, let's just implant it <laughs> in my arm, and I can just do kind of like a... Typing on your skin. Yeah, like, well, well, remember the yeah, Nintendo glove? Remember that. the Nintendo glove? Yeah. Like, that's uh, that's how that was. Lars, Lars made a face when you said implant. Are you well, okay. anti- Well, you, you know, uh, Edward Snowden talked about, he exposed all the CIA backdoors in every single device. Mm -hmm. Would you want a CIA backdoor in a you? device in your body that in they you. can click, oh, uh, we, you're a domestic threat. Delete. No. That's literally what would happen. Like, yeah. no joke. Yeah. So, of course not, right? Yeah. I mean, come on. So... I could say that I could see where AI is probably going to be a very beneficial thing, but I still believe it was the creepiest looking feeling or the experience of feeling of watching Tony Robbins interview. Oh, Sophia. Yeah. I met Sophia in the flesh. Oh, in the in, robot. In the, in the metal. <laughs> in the robot, robot flesh. flesh. In the yeah. metal, yeah. She, she's freaking awesome. <laughs> Wait, so is this the, like, first, was, like, they... This is Watson's, like, well, robot, right? It's a bit different. Saudi Arabia gave her citizenship. Yes, oh, I heard yeah, that. I, I heard that. Her. Yes. She's awesome. <laughs> and basically, like, the people who programmed her are, like, pretty conscious. And they, like, program her to, sit, to like, plant, like, seeds. Like, you know, drop So she's, like, intuitive. Yeah, well, they, they pro it's all, at this point, it's not... 
it's not a full AI. Mm -hmm. They make it seem like that, but it really is still program responsive. They know what they're doing. Yeah, but but it's going to be pretty like iRobot. Have you seen the movie Will Smith? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. gonna be more like that, but in a more benevolent way. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it like uh, enlightened robot. Okay. So they're trying to like actually turn name this episode enlightened robot. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're basically turning turning the mass consciousness of robotics into the a certain path that is beneficial for everyone. Because there are many timelines that you could go down. A dystopian or, or utopian, yeah. and it all depends on what we believe it's going to be and what we what we're creating. This podcast is brought to you by MSW Nutrition. MSW Nutrition is a supplement line designed to help support your body in as many ways as possible, starting with the liver. By helping to repair liver health, you're supporting your body's biggest detox organ so that it can do its job taking care of the rest of you. We carry supplements to help with mood, stress energy, weight loss, gut health, immunity, and much more. Any product carrying the MSW Nutrition label will be produced in an FDA-certified lab and contain the most bioavailable version of those nutrients possible. Make sure to check out our website at www.mswnutrition.com to see all the latest stacks to help you reach your health goals. I'm glad that you hit on that because I feel like the focus of this podcast has been something I've quite honestly hated since I've learned all of these things where like everyone thinks I'm the creator of my universe mm-hmm. and therefore anything I manifest is what's going to happen to me. But there's a, like, there is a cumulative consciousness. A collective, absolutely. Yes. And because more of us gathered in one name causes more exponential uh, reiterations of that any name, right? <laughs> right? Whatever the name is. Yeah. Is it in Jesus's name? Is it in um, New Agriculture's name? Like, what is it? You right. know, you can literally gather and have right. an intention of anything. Yeah. Um, so I talked to someone who was very intuitive a few weeks ago about this, and he basically made the um, analogy. He's like, you, Lars, might believe with all your heart that you as a human being can fly. You'll step out there, you're going to jump off the balcony and fly away. You know it's going to happen. It won't happen because the collective consciousness in the world mm. is that humans don't fly. Unless someone is at a certain saint level, whatever you right. want to call it, where that actually, Almost or levita- levitation level, which has been documented, proven, all this mm-hmm. stuff. So That's it. The, the cities, they talk about the yes. supernatural powers, which are possible for anyone as long it's as they tapping in. that. Yeah, but it's like, it's like a real intense thing, you know? I... I so Baldo said he wanted to learn ESPS. I want to learn to levitate. Yeah, Baldo's main goal is levitation this yeah. year. So this year, well, that's pretty ambitious. Well, it's I very support, ambitious. Hey, if our collective, and it might have changed a little bit. If our collective is fully believing that he can do it, right? Then that's, he can. That's the thing. He told both of us, and we were like, "Well, yeah." Like, well, because either you believe or you don't, right? Like, I believe. Well, it's like that Jesus parable, right? It's like you you can walk on water. Come on, come meet me on the water. Oh, you stopped believing. Now you sunk. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's. A, he didn't realize he was walking on water, and then right. as soon as he noticed, he fell because he stopped believing. Exactly. Yeah. So as your by your faith it shall be done to you, which means by your total belief. Because there's belief, but then there's faith, which means the belief is like, okay, maybe there's evidence that'll change my belief. But faith is like, no, this is happening, and there's no question about it. And the power of our faith is actually miraculous, literally. So if I have total faith that something's going to happen, I've noticed just in my life, it's always happen every time yeah that's and, why jesus could heal people yeah and we can all do that yeah. with our faith mm-hmm. because remember in, in the bible not to get all christian you know not like <laughs> identified with a religion but like he's a great teacher and like he healed all these people and, and they were and they were like thank you jesus he's like your faith healed you 
Yeah. He's that's like, you, he's you believed that I would heal yeah. you. Yeah. And that, he's like, by your you. faith, you're healed. And so he's just giving as a permission slip, basically, right? Like, oh, you, wow. you, you really believed that he's I was going to heal you, so you healed yourself. So there's all these miracle healings. You know, Christian science, you hear all these stories of spontaneous remission of cancer. Wait, the baseball-sized tumor went away in 30 seconds? Gone? What? That's possible for anyone as long as we have that. Basically, a healer who's doing that to someone, they're holding them in a perfect healed state. They're seeing them totally healed. And basically, that person's subconscious, which is creating all their health issues anyway, agrees with that frequency of totally healed. And then, bam, it's done on that subconscious quantum level, whatever you want to call it. That's cool. It's amazing. I know. I know. I, I believe it. Law of Attraction, I read, I mean, I'll be honest, I read The Secret years ago. Bro, you're supposed to keep it a secret. Right? <laughs> I know. And What's the first rule? I, know, <laughs> I swear. And, uh, and, and I was like, it makes sense. Like, I have to imagine that I'm going to do this. And it, two examples are a coach that hires a person to train their basketball team how to make free throws. Visualize it going in, right? Then on the opposite end, I've done this plenty of times. Imagine that you grab a glass of a liquid and you think it's milk and you take a sip of it. Your brain, you already told your brain it's milk, but it's not, it's water. Imagine the shock that goes to your system for a split second. You're like, whoa, that wasn't milk. You were preparing your body to already have that sensation go through you. So you already started producing signals in response of it. Right. That's true. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is incredible. So imagine you say that next time you say, how do I fix that? We just grab water. Look at it. You look at it. Right. <laughs> right. And you say, Don't okay. Assume. Yeah. But it's incredible because whatever your body assumes, it's just listening to what it's taking direction from you anyway. Exactly. I got to say it. Assuming makes an ass out of you and yeah. me. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Of no, course. But, but there's also like the assuming, like the deep faith which is like, that is what creates it. And there's this thing that this crappy, like $5 bottle wine mm-hmm. was presented at this wine show as a, as one of the best wines in the world. And literally the wine experts tasted the wine. They were like, this is some of the best wine we've ever tasted. We're going to give it awards, yeah. medals, because they assumed mm-hmm. it was the best wine, but it was the crappiest wine yeah. you could get. That's, so it's just a belief. Yeah, that's just like all those commercials for Burger King. They'll get like a gourmet burger and put it next to a Burger King burger, and people will be like, this one's so good, and it's always the Burger King one, because they think they're both gourmet. Right. right. It's they're like, just told these are both gourmet. It's like what's going on now. I'm just telling you, let me tell you, this the is what it is. The people who are scared are the ones getting sick. Scared? <laughs> well, just, but, but either one. Well, it's like you do, depends yeah. on what you're watching, what you're listening what to. What frequency you're tapping into. What frequency into. you're yeah. tapping into. Because the conversations I have tap in and out of it. Because what I looked at is a month and a half ago, I went down the rabbit hole and looked at all this shit. Maybe. Uh-oh, yeah. rabbit hole. Yeah. So Someone I, took the red pill. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so I was like, wow. I was like, Morpheus came in. It was straight up. And it was like deep. Deep, Bro, deep, the deep. rabbit hole goes infinitely deep. So far. Yes, and so I said, you know what's crazy about it is I was not functioning well when I was running and thinking of that. So yeah, yeah, the yeah. frequency. Yeah. So I was like, I got to pull up right. my frequency to not experience it because it's an inferior thought it, process. It's fear. It's fear. And it's like the most basic, basic, horrible frequency that you can experience in life is fear mm. and that's what i feel is like when you watch the news because that's all the language is to what they're speaking isn't it wild how obvious it is when it's like oh fear 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 fear, fear like well i just moved out of my parents house last weekend whoa and, that's big and 
I love living with them for a lot of th things, especially just the quality time I get to yeah. spend with them. And the one thing that drove me crazy was literally the family time every night was sitting in front of the news. That's a generational until thing I've 10. noticed. Like, I think a lot of people in our parents' generation are like, it's almost like they're, they're literally hypnotized yes. by, by this like frequency. They of put it on the control. back. They, so in, in my grad school, the cafe that was underneath one of the buildings where all the students would go to had Fox News running all day. So anytime you came in, it was just Fox News all the time. I was like, why would you just have a news channel on all day? Like, yeah. change it to something else. Put on Animal Planet or something, like, right? for crying out loud. Yeah. Like some Netflix ocean stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. like why? It was, just, it was just so interesting because I knew so much of what was happening. And, like, and they, they mostly watch CNN, but sometimes they would flip to Fox just to see, like, what was happening over there. Either one. Either one, they're bad, but it's, like, it was also just so comical to me because anytime CNN was trash-talking Trump, Fox was not talking about that issue at all. And There's then, like, else. vice versa. It was, like, it was just so obviously well, isn't it, isn't biased. It funny? Like, basically, and all fear-based. Absolutely, in both ways, right? It's, like, choose yeah. your own... Choose your own poison, basically. Yes. But it, like, even with this whole division stuff, I think it's important to talk about because there's our community who I feel like we're generally not very ideological. Right. We're more just like open-minded truth seekers, which is right. what I've been looking for my whole life to really be in a community of mm -hmm. just like expansion, right? Like, why are we trying to limit ourselves? But then in the collective, it's like tribal, like you're wrong, you're right. And then Trump is either like the devil or the savior. It's mm -hmm. like, whoa, what's all this crazy ass projection? Like people yeah. are like so sucked into like their reality tunnel. It's like, what about just like seeing people as the soul that they are? Yeah. I, Instead I, of like label, judgment, label. It's like, that is a terrible, primal brain. that's a terrible consciousness to live in. Yeah. That yeah. sucks. But look at it now. You basically just see someone's eyes. I don't know you if I'm just looking at the eyes. I'm masked, right? Well, you like, can see someone's soul in their eyes. Though. I was going to say, true. that's the thing. You, I've actually learned how many people don't make eye contact because of this. Oh, yeah? Because, because of that intimacy? Well, no. Let me rephrase. The masks have made me realize how many people don't make eye contact. It's disconnect. Because now, like, there's nothing else on their face for me to look at. I typically go to the eyes first anyway, but, you know, when you first... You don't check out the booty right away? When you, <laughs> you know, I'm a booty girl. Uh, but, uh, like... Typically, like, when you first see a face, you scan all of it really fast, right? Like, you get... A, like, instantly. Yeah. yeah. And now that, like, I know it's masked on the bottom half, you realize, like, how few people are willing to make eye contact. Like, they'll know you're there, but, you know, like, maybe you accidentally crash carts and they're just like, oh, sorry, they're still looking down. It's very but, interesting. But that's, that's about our conversation, which is about our society's been disconnected. Mm -hmm. the dis not eye contact is a that's, disconnection. Yeah, that's the point and, I'm trying to make. And it's like with these five minute man hugs <laughs> like literally you look at it as a as a as a symbol it's like oh connection like we're we are like our tribe what we're doing what we're tapping into we have a global tribe and like maybe we're one percent of humanity right now who's like kind of feeling this but it's going to be five percent it's going to be ten percent it's going to go exponential and we're, we're reversing the tide of disconnection fear like like medicating like we're it's like let's just Let's just let all that shit go yeah. and explore what's possible with, mm -hmm. like, love and vulnerability and intimacy. It's possible. And it's here. Totally. It's just a choice. Yeah. I say we're the 99%. I love that. So I, love that. I always tell people we're the power in the consumer. Mm. You vote with your dollar. What you choose to put your energy towards, like you said, changes the world. Mm. You get a grassroots campaign with the community, and all of a sudden... 
anything's possible because, I mean, what did someone say? The world can change in a second. Because it did four months ago. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you'll never think of the world the same again because before that, it was pre-C, <laughs> right? Um, and And now it's AC, right? So it's like, what does it look like back then that we can't do now? The symbol that you talked about was hugs. Imagine that somebody just stands in the middle of the road and they just hug in front of everyone and everyone's like, oh my God, look what they're doing. What, is, Mommy, daddy, what are they doing? We're not used to that. What are people doing? That's called hugging. My podcast co-host said, she's a, she's a nurse. She said she thinks uh, there's going to be some people who never don't wear masks in public again. Never don't? Yes. Who so like that. who will always yeah. wear masks in like public. like for the next five decades like until Ever. they die the rest, well, well, the rest of their lives because in Asia masks are actually more common for like yeah because the smog is so but bad it's, but it's not it's not like just because of a virus yeah like, yeah that's for, that was actually one of my favorite little like conspiracy spinoffs was like Asia's had it for years they always wear masks yeah. in public I'm like no their smog they is put just it terrible here. it's all their masks too they were getting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's so wild to even, like, I can't even fathom that. Just, yeah. Well, I, I I, believe it. I'm like, which movie is it going to be that we wind up as? Well, it's going to be different movies, because I feel like our tribe is going to expand, like, exponentially, right? And then other tribes yeah. maybe go deeper into that fear. Like Demolition Man? I think, not to quote Joe Rogan, but to quote Joe Rogan, he talks a lot about, like, the pendulum and how yeah. things just, like, right. swing back and forth and... I feel like a year or two ago on his podcast, he thought it was like at the far end, and I think he was wrong. I think we're gonna swing even further, even more? a little into a, like the dis- distortion and all of that. I think, but you know, here's the thing: what if it's like pulling the bow back on an arrow? Oh, I, I think it is. Right? I think there's good stuff like, coming. Like a more amazing thing, even the more. That's what. It gets. That's what. That's right. what our consciousness is really thinking. I just right feel now. like right. right now we aren't as binary as we are want to get first. Like it right. needs, it's not it organized. Needs it's not organized. It needs to have a cleaner split. That's it. Yeah. Because then people can actually make a choice. Like, oh, there's a, a an amazing community of like expansive beings, and then there's also like the totally mind controlled yes. people who just follow whatever they're told, no matter what it is. Yes. And it's like, okay, you really get to make a and real then choice. Something's <laughs> gonna, and something's gonna happen to like swing it back. Well, it's just so weird and this right. is just the it sh- has to. Yeah, cuz you have you have to find like you have to find spirit, the homeostasis. You know, it's always going to be What's looking, nature? You have to yeah. have the homeostasis. Right. So it's like it's not going to last. And we're always Yeah, evolving. but what is that yeah. homeostasis? Is it wiping us out? No. No, I don't not, I don't no. I think it's a human evolution. I don't think yeah. they're going to get wiped out. Yeah. Because uh, and it's even like We might fuck up our resources and have to get creative. But we're we're infinitely creative. So <laughs> it'll Dinosaurs work. were here. For millions and millions, and yeah, they but, ruled the earth, mm-hmm. right? And they got an asteroid, so like and, we might and get, that was it. And get an asteroid, right? And then but... a whole another world changed, right? Humans came into the picture. Right. What if the humans were riding the asteroid? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? This guy told me to say his name's not. Well, they call it panspermia, which is the idea that there's DNA in the universe that just like goes and hit, goes into different oceans and then starts to create life and creation well that's what how it started to begin with like all the bacteria in the ocean like Like where the bacteria come from where the first dna so this 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 physicist said he's the kind of this love the scene he's great yes so he said like if you put a penny on a balloon and you blow up the balloon that's just like a symbol of basically how the universe is expanding he's the type of guy said well who's blowing up the balloon what does that mean there's a universe bigger than ours. Right. Someone so that's why i've always looked at right it's easy to look at the milky way in the galaxy and just realize like it doesn't 
Like, all this shit doesn't make sense. It doesn't mean anything. Didn't I come in here right after I found that, like, visual representation of the known universes? It's probably just, like, the little tiny speck I, right there, and it's just black. I lost my shit, because it was one of the... Because like, I've seen a lot of those ones where it's, like, Earth compared to different planets yeah. or stars. You know, it kind of zooms out to the star level. But this one went, like, Earth, solar system, galaxy, uh, galaxy super cluster. So it's us and our, like, four neighbors. And then it's, like local like whatever the next grouping of that is and then it had the observable universe and you just realize like oh shit there's universe and then there's this giant thing and then there's a super cluster and then there's like our little neighborhood and then there's our galaxy and then there's like we are so and, and tiny it keeps zooming in and it your keeps body, zooming, in zooming into your body and well, yeah, you know, this, this is a massive super cluster compared to if you zoom in zoom in zoom in it's mm-hmm. just you are universe yeah yes the whole thing is like a collectiveness of superpowers that were coll- like basically designed for your body to work this way. What I've said is it's just a vessel. Your energy and my energy is gonna pass along sometime in life and we're gonna share wisdom and experiences like together. Right now. right now. And what's gonna happen is in our next life, if we cross paths again, there'll be that deja vu. It's like, I feel like I've met you before. Exactly. And then we'll be like, that's cool. We have stuff in common. I just don't put my hands on. It's like, Merrick and I, my wife, I'm always thinking like, when are we gonna meet in the next life? You could actually arrange that if you want to. I, I believe it. Yeah. I completely believe it because it just makes sense that life just takes energy forms in many different ways. Right. Right. And if you believe in reincarnation, soul, whatever, as a Catholic, we kind of did, but we didn't call it that. You just went in a spirit up to heaven. Mm. Right. And so it's like, well, what is heaven? Heaven on earth or whatever. The idea right. is just saying, like, I think it's the freedom to be able to do whatever it is that you want to do. Yes. As, as your own being. As your own being. So if that's the case, then imagine this. I tell people who are down out with everything going on, what is it that you miss? What is it you can't do right now? Because can you really do it? Yes. Yeah, you can. So what are we worried about right now? This is the new norm. This is just how it is now. So what is it to just be in the new norm? Who are you now? You can be anyone. You can change, but someone change positions and work now. It, 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 it caught, catapulted them into getting that new like startup business. Maybe got, I'm going to go this way. 2008, Venmo, Slack, Airbnb, all came out of it. So when you pull the arrow back, mm-hmm. what I look at and say, like, okay, what are my friends doing that they're creating? And what you said was, it's right, it's not organized because there has to be an option. It's like if, you, if you're an American, you say, how do you think? You think Republican, Democrat, or nothing? What about the independent? You're throwing your vote away, right? It's like, yeah, but why? Why does it have to be that? What if I don't agree with the whole system? Right. That's, Different paradigm. Yeah. yeah. What if I what if I don't understand why that has to be the only way? Coming back to my thing too, that's one of the ways that I just feel us becoming more binary. Is mm. like this will be the second election I've been able to vote in. Like I barely missed That's the, crazy to think I about. I barely I barely missed the second Obama term by two months. I turned that's, eighteen two months after. That's amazing. And, um so for me, voting for president, last, last time it felt just the same. I was voting for, I was voting for, I, I was voting against Trump and not for the person I wanted. Right. So lesser of two evils, which means you're still voting for evil at exactly. some level, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which and, is like, doesn't feel good. It's not yeah. That's what I was saying. Yeah. There's no other option. If they're saying if it is linear, then that is. It's really. Actually, the wh- other option is Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Easy 2020. Votes. Don't get a few votes, right? But I I say, like, this is what we're trained to think like because of the duality. What, yes, is that it's really, uh, 
Simpsons did it, right? There was a Halloween episode, and it was during Dole Clinton. You know Simpsons predicted Trump as president? Like, yes. Oh, of course they did. Oh, yeah, I know that. Simpsons did it. Just go look at I bet they were, like, it. tapping, you know, the future thing. I bet they were tapping into that, like, the writers. Well, that's like, the brilliant minds you know. behind it, because I want, like, I'm a Simpsons fan. I'm a fanatic about it, right? So imagine you're sitting there with, like, Conan O'Brien. And you got his staff of people just dictating what Bart Simpson's, like, his prime years and Homer's, developing Homer's character. All this shit, they're just sitting there thinking, like, so what do we do with this asshole? Like, he's a jerk, he's an idiot, but he yet he symbolizes the, basically, the common denominator of America. I loved it because everything is so true. It's a reflection of exactly what goes on in the what mentality. What did you say about comedians being truth-tellers? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's just, so all that right there is imagine they're just sitting there saying this is how we view the world mm-hmm. any topic that comes on they're it's like really we got funny. it we got it and that the guy who's carrying it over now is uh it's still happening yeah this bob uh, bro, what's, what's 40 the, years uh, uh odin dirk uh the guy from mr show and bob uh, he's it's been the guy uh Odendirk? he was uh, uh call saul oh fuck and breaking bad he was saul that guy took Better over. So he's, he's the he's the producer now. So imagine okay. you have that kind of approach. You carry on the tradition. How long is Simpsons going to go on? Until it's not profitable more. But guess who just bought him? I think Disney. Disney. Oh, well, Disney is behemoth, so there yeah. you go. Wow. So Disney Plus, like, what does Simpsons look like on Disney? And it's interesting because I love Masterclass, right? I, everything I want to be Masterclass because I love Masterclass. Bob Eager is on there. He's the CEO of Disney. And he's talking about their takeover with Marvel. They bought Marvel. So imagine as a fanatic, you're like, I don't want him to just ruin all my favorite comics. I don't want him to Disney up my Marvel because what does that mean? They can't do this. They can't do that. He was like, I don't think we need to do that. I think you need to stay in your lane. You do what you do and we support you doing it. So the idea goes back to everything. I don't care about your philosophy, your opinion, whatever is when it comes to this. I just respect the hell that it's you saying it. Mm. So you're saying more entities that are doing... More entities that are doing different but all beneficial things should be able to acknowledge each other more rather than try to engulf one another. Or like, like fight or judge. Like or a community? Yeah. yeah. It's like like being a respectful being. Like, <laughs> yes. Like the like basics, right? You, you deserve to exist. It's, yeah. that's, the, that's the mentality. It's like we all deserve to have a scene. What's incredible about it is that you talk about traditions. 60 years ago, black people couldn't vote. They couldn't walk into a restaurant. They couldn't go into somewhere and just say like, hey, I deserve to be like treated and if I don't get treated right now, like I'm gonna just raise hell and knock over some glasses. That shit would not fly in Alabama. Yeah. Okay? John Lewis got his bast he had his head bashed in every single weekend marching in peaceful protests so jackasses could go vote. Wow. Right? And the thing is, you still believe in the power of voting because it is your chance to say something for whatever it is. I don't know what the election results are gonna be, absentee hmm. mail in, whatever. <laughs> we still have this glimmer of hope. To say you have an opportunity to say something because other places in the world don't have that opportunity to say it. And what I've looked at this entire time is that that is slowly getting removed hmm. in a country that's stead for the idea that you question everything. You question everything because it's your God-given right as an American <laughs> to question it. And I'm selfish because I'm an American, right? But why can't you simply just say like, well, I don't know, man. I don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. It's yeah. starting to get better. Yeah. Right? Starting to get better. In some circles. That's the binary thing, right? Uh-huh. We lift it up. It, that's what it is. If we have to raise everyone's vibration, then we're going to do it. Well, I, I read this thing today. It's, it's so fitting. It's like someone's criticism 
of someone else that is not in the context of a caring relationship is completely irrelevant. Yeah. Does that, make, does that resonate? Like, because yes. it's like you see all these people criticizing each other online. It's like, okay, what's the, what's the context point? of that? What's the point? Is it like, I love you. I want to, I desire to help you see this dif- differently so you, you can truly expand and, and experience love at a deeper level or experience your own truth at a deeper level. Or is it, you're wrong because this, that never helps anything. It just no. creates a wall. It creates defensiveness. This is the point that I made, especially when the Black Lives Matter stuff kicked up again. Uh, and I have a lot of friends. Most of my Facebook friends were on like the Team Black Lives Matter or just not saying anything. But um, it was interesting because some of those people who were being the loudest posting about that cause had a bunch of racist friends. And it was interesting because the racist friends would go in and leave these awful comments. I didn't even see any of that. And the people who had made the original post would go in and block all of those people. And I talked one of, to, to one of them and I was like, well, you clearly, you were Facebook friends with this person. You had a relationship at some point or maybe not. But um, most of the time it was like, oh yeah, those are the people from my hometown. They suck. They're racist. I don't need them in my life. Block. And I said, well... That doesn't make sense to me because why would you have posted that if you didn't want to change someone's mind? Hmm. If you want to show someone your side of things, you need to have a conversation with them and you just lost your opportunity to talk to them by blocking them. Mm. That's what I'm saying. That's the, the generation. Oh, like exposing your messages to them. It's like, instead of block, 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 you should, it's like, discuss, you should, discuss, you should, yeah. discuss. You should and take, yeah. Those, take those angry comments as a chance to DM the person and say like, Hey, I saw your comment. I hope I didn't like trigger something bad for you. I'd love to hear your side and why you feel this way. If they feel like they have the energy to do that, totally. Yeah. yeah. But they don't have that right now. What you have is you have trolls and you have people who basically can throw anything out there and hide behind it. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what's true or not, what's fake news, what's not, what's taken down because there's a governing agency at hand. The incredible thing was there's an interview with one of the people who's heavily involved in what's going on with everything right now. And his approach was like, I remember talking to the people at this social media platform about why do you keep misinformation videos up there so long? You should take them down quicker. Like you shouldn't do that because it's just spreading lies. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, that's what happens is that you have platforms right now in America where there's a standard is a two party system right now almost. And they're just saying, this is where I get my platform for my voice. This is the platform for today's voice of America to say, here's my thoughts. And right now, I don't like the conversation at all. I don't even log in to, go, to hear the conversation because that is not my voice. But yet right now, that is what you Most should be doing. That's what think is. That's how you voice your opinion. We live in Austin where the capital's down the street. So there's tons of protests all the time. But imagine now the city council decided that they're going to defund the police force. I'm a small business owner. Who's going to protect the small business? Is it going to be the militia that moves into town? Nope. It's not. Their one job for the police is to protect local. I know it is. And you can say what you want. It's a messed up situation. I'm just saying is, is that opening up something else? Right? So it's like, it's a really deep conversation, actually. And, and I really appreciate this because it's like, I see it like this whole defund the police movement. It comes from a place of, it's almost like aspirational. Like we want to be at a place where we don't actually need police yes. because we are We're at a level care. of collective consciousness where no one's going to fuck with your stuff. Mm-hmm. But 
we happen not to be there yet. So yeah. it's kind of like government. Yeah. Once we all are truly self-governing, sovereign beings, we don't need a government. We'll yeah. just sort stuff out with ourselves. But because there's so many people that are in a very low consciousness, there seems to be a need for government right now. So it's kind of the same thing with police. Well, but, but like the idea is that the energy behind defund the police is like, let's transcend the need for it. Yeah, yeah. Let's but, remove but, it. But, but, well, but we're not there yet. But the we're need not. is still there because people will still be in a frequency where they're going to come in and mess with people's business. Again, right. coming back to right. the point that I just think we're going to find a happy middle for things eventually. And, and then it, as in gradually evolve yeah. to a place where everyone is taken care of to a level where no one's going to want to mess with your business. Yeah. I, I get that. But you could say like, well, that was the idealistic society that we tried to create here. And I say, okay, that's cool. Um, the truth is, is that the people who funded and started everything they got land, they had this, they created this, they thought man was created equal, kind of all this mentality. Things have changed throughout the years because we know man isn't created equal. If you're born in a certain place, you think a certain way, you're given a certain thing, you have certain different outcomes or at least possibilities to have right. different outcomes. It's not destiny, but that's, yeah. That's yeah. The yeah. Point of so, I, so I get that. Yeah. But, but what I feel is almost interesting in this time of need, like, you say, all right, well, my needs are different than someone else on the other side of the world, even though for the first time ever, we're going through the same situation, right? So when I'm affected through that, it's not just like, is this affecting a local level? It's like, this might be the same mentality to change the whole way of neuroplasticity amongst the world's thinking, mm. which is incredible because education is the way you do that. Education is getting eliminated right now. So if I educate you and I say, hey, this is how it used to be, this is how it could possibly be, at least you know it will influence the decisions you make in life going from there and how you decide to dictate. So the evolution is fast. Bingo. So yeah. if you say, okay, today's society in 2020 decided that this was the right idea to defund the police, right? If that was what that city thinks, let's revisit that in 2030. Let's revisit that in 2040. Because just like in business and just in life, you get erasers. But a lot of times you write in pen. And so if that's the case, you just have to be careful that if you're going to change that, you have to have a game plan with it. And most of any action right now is based off of emotion. Well, and is... that's what you were bringing. And that's yeah. the problem. You yeah. don't make business decisions off of emotions. I hate to say it that way, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it depends, right? It all depends because you can make a business decision out of a deep emotion of love and faith and it will work. It will work. If you if you have we might talk about you have that faith that it's gonna work and it does. I get that. Yeah. But here's the thing as well. Left right brain, right? I say like, all right, cool. Let me take emotions out of it. Let me just look at the numbers. I look at it right now, science guy. Tell me what the numbers are telling me right now with what's going on in the world. It's right? gotta be integration, right? And it has people to be go by the numbers. And it, uh, it it makes sense on paper because I could say work. I could say it's this and it's this and then the other channel says it's this right. because I can change anything just like the internet I could say hey sky is blue no it's not it's just the water man the water is blue it's not the sky the it's water the, it's the both point again. it's like you're tr it's you're both <laughs> right you're both right that's the integral yeah and you heard I don't know if you heard of integral philosophy but the idea is that everyone has a partial truth. This is so needed for our world to understand right now. Because people are still in the, I'm right, you're wrong. I mean, that is so basic. That's like a child's thinking. But humanity is still in that. It's like, what's my partial truth? What's your partial truth? What's your piece of the puzzle that comes together? Oh, now we can see the bigger picture. Instead of like, me, you, right, wrong. It's yes, so that's it. basic. I've told this story on the podcast before, but I got an acting degree. And first day of acting one freshman year, a professor says, 
you've been cast as Adolf Hitler. You don't believe you're evil. Your mission is sacred. How do you play this part? And all of us were just silent. We're like, what are you talking about? And then he went into this lesson about no villain has ever known themselves to be the villain. It's true. People act out of what they believe is right, and they act out of what they believe is necessity. And... That is, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what's going on right now. And right? Road to hell is so paid with good intentions, yes. right? And so yes. few people are willing to say... Well, like, what if I was playing that character's part right now? What would I in do? Their in their what shoes. What would I do? You wouldn't know any different. Yeah. You, you would do, do the same if thing. If you were them, you would be you them. You would do so the same. Yeah, you but, would do that. <laughs> so, so it's like this. One, I don't really watch a lot of TV, but I, I, I love... Just The Simpsons. Just The Simpsons. <laughs> and then this show called Umbrella Academy. And it's on Netflix. And it talks about going back uh, to 63 and uh, stopping the JFK assassination. And, like, what would have happened? What would happen? Oh, it's kind of like a man in the high castle. Like, if the Nazis won. Yeah, something like that. Like, what would... Because it's a time ripple. Right. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like Simpsons did it, right? Send Homer back into time. He's back in the prehistoric era. Don't step on anything. Don't step on anything. Kills a bug. Goes back to the future again. What happens next? Everything's changed, right? Isn't that cool? Because that's true. Yeah. Like, this conversation could affect people in the year 2300. In fact, it is, actually, because there it are is. people listening to I'm this. I'm talking to you right now. Right? There are I'm people talking listening to, you right to this now. right now. <laughs> that something is shifting at some level, yeah. and that's going to impact all their relationships, their children, like, like micro ways, but maybe it becomes something huge, right? Education. Who knows? It's education. We can't predict. I love it because it's, it's something that passed along. I read Dale Carnegie. My mother-in-law gave me her father's Dale Carnegie book. And it's crisp. And it's a very nice paperback. And there's a picture of it. It's from. It's old. I love Dale Carnegie. And I love him too. He's OG. He's OG. And if you read it, it still resonates to this day. Oh, it's, it's timeless. The same. It's timeless. Be timeless. Principles. Principles. But the same thing is in business and personal life. Be timeless. How do you become recession-proof? You adapt and you say, I weathered the storm, but I predicted if I predicted right, I'm a, I, I guessed right. Time will tell. The, the geniuses, they're considered geniuses, are always nuts until they're proven right. Mm. And then you're considered, wow, let's, you celebrate won this it. and you won this and celebrate it. And so if you look at what we're doing now, Kaepernick is a perfect example. What <laughs> he was doing was completely different than any of his colleagues were willing to do. He took a sacrifice for whatever reason. And he got blackballed. He got kicked out of his fucking league. But now look what happened to the movement. Mm-hmm. MLK was peaceful. Malcolm X was as well. Cesar Chavez started a whole revolution by just telling all his people, don't eat grapes. Oh, I didn't know that. That was the movement. It's a big one. Don't eat grapes. And you see what we can do is migrant workers, you get a fair pay. Let's boycott. Let's do this. It's kind of like Gandhi, where he, he wanted to start creating the spinning wheels and the looms like in India instead of importing all of it to be more self-sufficient. It's fasting. It's yeah. the Siddhartha. Right. It's Jesus. <laughs> Running to death before. I'm going to sacrifice and fast and understand that way I'm better in the end. Hmm. Right? What's a peaceful movement? If I tell you, as John Lewis, and I come to you in the 60s, as a white guy, as a black guy, brown guy, whatever, say, you're going to march with me. You're going to get bashed in the head. But I guarantee you, in the history books, you will be looked fondly upon. Mm. There'll be buildings named after you and schools named after you. And kids will name their kids after you. But you have to do this because it's right. Mm -hmm. How many times has that story been told? Mm. Right? And so 
at some degree, there is a sacrifice for everything, right, in life. The truth is, is like, are you willing to pay the price because the end result is worth it? People, Napoleon, said it's worth it. It's worth it. That's a good point. Right? Mm-hmm. Mussolini. <laughs> yeah, good or bad. Good Stalin. They decided it was worth it. I mean, it. it's and incredible. Even, even playing labels like good and bad, right. it's like, it's so right. complex. Right, 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 right. But that is the good thinking. Catch, no, it's good. It's like, it is the thinking that is just ingrained in our language. Mm-hmm. And it's in our subconscious, like we we're talking about language. Like, I do it too. I catch myself. I'm like, oh, right. And then, and then one, of my, one of my coaches is like, oh, you're in right and wrong. Like, <laughs> yeah, right and wrong is, is actually not true. Right. It's just a program. <laughs> right. See? See? But yep. it's like, it's so deeply ingrained. Good, bad, right, wrong. And that is the duality that we're talking about because that's what, it's literally like plugged into our brains growing up from every single source. Mm-hmm. So to honestly see someone like Mussolini and not go evil, bad, wrong, and just be like, okay, like I can just look at what that was and feel that what that was and, and not actually put that on him. Would you learn from him? There's always things you can learn there, from yeah, someone exactly. who rises to power. And it's like, one thing I learned is, is the power of a very intensely focused small group of people. Do you know how many of his black shirts or whatever uh, just completely took, they just took over one day. There was a bunch of people who got together in his little movement and they just freaking marched in the government and they were like, we're in charge now. And, and they were violent, but, like, you know, not that many people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you see, like, that, that's a lesson, actually. Oh, wow, the power of a directed group of people. So what if... Get our your com- shit together. Like, our community <laughs> gets that focused on a goal. Like, all and of our resources. Collective energy. Right? It's so powerful. So the movement starts with more of basically saying, I'm going to explain this to you. Yes. Do you understand it? Because you tell your buddy, how do you convince your buddy to get on board? You explain it in a way that I understand it. I right. mean, I mean, you buy into and it. you buy into right. it yeah. because the idea is saying, let me share a vision with you. Let me share an elevator pitch. Let me tell you my story, why I did this, why I created this, why I basically work every single day because this reason you have a goal, regardless of whether you have a goal or not, you go every day to work with a goal. Either you're trying to pay your bills or you're trying to change the world. That's how most people look at mm. their job, right? Whatever your world is, it's that school district. That school, that hospital, that community, whatever it is, right? But it's influencing with that ripple effect. One mind is all it takes. That's why people get in arguments. Because like, if I just change your mind, you're going to think that I'm right. And that's going to give me what? It's a huge ego boost. Bingo. Because that's all it is at the end of the day. The people who see past that, who try to manipulate the system, say... Well, here's the thing. How would that benefit me if I go help you out? If we go rob this bank together, you give me a profit of it. We saw what happened in Batman. Joker kills everyone, right? Stupid. You can't be trusted because you don't understand what's going through the other person's mindset. It's very hard to connect with individuals who share your point of views. That's why there's a disconnect with so many people right now. There's so many frequencies and ideas running back Mm. and forth that people are so confused because they don't know the truth. That's how you basically wipe the slate clean. Well, and there's also the idea that all truths are true. It just depends on what you choose Bingo. to Bingo. That's all it is. Yeah. It's, but it's always been that way. Right. It's always but, but been that like way. But now, like you're saying, it's like an infinite But amounts. now you have to pick. But now you have to and pick. And it's in your face. Now you have to pick. Yeah. Now you have to yeah. pick. Whose side? What do you but, choose? But you don't actually have to pick a side. That's the false choice is you pick a side. Because the deeper level is like, okay, well, partial truth. Yeah. Which there's is something true in each of these. Exactly. Yeah. There is no choice. 
<laughs> There's no spoon. Oh There's man, no spoon. guys, we need, to, we need to wrap this up. Good lord. Um, yeah. Oh, it's this way. Lars, uh, Lars' bathroom let's, uh, is over here. Let's wrap it up. Um, one second. Oh, okay. Bathroom <laughs> is this way. You can follow him at the Lars King on Instagram. Yeah. What's your website? Um, LarsKing.com. LarsKing.com. Thank you. Yeah.